Welcome to the pen and the yod. This week's Torah portion is Balach, Matovu. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anche Amit Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig and asks, what is so good about Jewish homes and synagogues? Hope you're faring well. It's a challenging time. We're hanging in there. It's the, uh, the nice weather helps, although it's also this great temptation to think that we can just go out and be normal again, have to adjust to that, but um, still nice to get out of the house at least a little bit. It is nice and uh, nice to be in Chicago near the lake and at least appreciate the beauty of the city. It's great. Speaking of appreciating things, there's a interesting story. Nice segue, by the way, don't you think? That was well done. Somehow <laughs> you're going to segue to the Torah. I don't know. Every, I'm just guessing. Just a hunch. All roads are going to lead us to the Torah, right? Uh, yeah. So in the Torah reading, which is called Balak, you have the story of a Moabite king by the name of Balak, who has this whole Israelite caravan, this huge contingent coming his way. And he's fearful of them. Even though they promise that they're not going to do him any harm, he doesn't believe them. But he knows he can't defeat them militarily, so he hires a local pagan prophet to curse them. In other words, cast a spell on them and destroy them. And it's a very long and involved story. It's a wonderful story where you have talking donkeys and God is speaking to him and all kinds of wonderful things and phantasmical things. But at the end, he can't do it. God won't allow it. And so instead of cursing, he says words that are familiar to any Jew who's come at the beginning of a service or has gone to a Jewish camp or gone to a religious school, Matovu Ohalecha Yaakov, Mishkenotecha Yisrael. How goodly are your tents, O Jacob, your dwelling places, O Israel. And what does he see and how does he appreciate these things? Well, in the rabbinic mind, the Ohel, the tent of Jacob, are our homes. Mishkanotecha comes from the word Mishkan, the divine dwelling place, was at one point in time the temple, but now is the synagogue. And so it's really uh, what, what makes the Jewish people praiseworthy is centered on the Jewish home and on the synagogue. What do you think of that idea? Oh, it's nice. It's, uh, it's, it's sort of speaking of, you know, where the power in the religion lies, I think, you know, you make a Jewish home, you celebrate Shabbat, you build a family with Jewish values, and then you have this community at the synagogue that extends on that on that home. You know, I always think of the of the synagogue as the second home where I go with my you know extended family. So I think that's um, a great summary of sort of the source of the power of the religion. Would there be a difference in your answer to that question pre COVID nineteen and post COVID nineteen? I th I think I just gave you the pre-COVID-19 answer because uh -huh. the, uh, I haven't been to synagogue in a while and no one has. Uh, you get to drop in and out, I guess, but you don't have much company when you when you visit. No, um, it's the strangest so, thing. You go and stand in the sanctuary and there's no one there besides the chazam. So yeah, we're there. So, and, and, you know, I agree. I, it, 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 we're not using the synagogue. So right. So this. So my answer um, was referring to a, a, a time pre-COVID when when there was a distinction between where we worshipped and where we lived. And now we're doing everything at home. The home, my my home is my gym. It's my synagogue. It's my movie theater. It's my office. 
I don't like that. I'm getting really tired of it. I, I hear that a thousand percent, but it's not going to change anytime soon. No, we are forced to adapt and uh, we are adapting. The question is, are we adapting permanently or will we someday soon go back to the separation of, of synagogue and home, gym and home, et cetera? I think it's also, I think it's also true that the synagogue was already under sort of scrutiny. I wouldn't say attack, but scrutiny. People would ask, why do I need to belong to a synagogue? The numbers of synagogue membership have kind of declining in the last 20 years in America. Anshiamit is, you know, happily, Anshiamit is the exception to the rule. But the reality is, is that synagogues have been struggling. It's been challenging. And there are lots of people who are out there saying, why can't I just pray at home? What do I need the synagogue? And now you don't have a choice but to pray at home, right? So how do you, how do you understand that? Maybe just accelerating the trend and accelerating a lot of trends that are underway in our society where our smartphones allow us to do things remotely. And, you know, people are saying we may never go back to having so many people working in offices again uh, because this has proven that it was unnecessary and uh, inefficient. And the question is whether we found a better way or whether we are sliding down a path that we will regret sliding down. Only time will tell, but it's difficult for me to imagine that remote worship is going to be a good thing in the long run for for religion. I don't disagree with you there, but what has been remarkable is how quickly congregations and here churches, mosques, synagogues have all pivoted very quickly to online services such as Zoom and and others and streaming possibilities. And what we've also discovered is that the numbers have gone up. For the regular morning minion, the numbers in some cases have doubled. We've had certainly a, a bump in Shabbos morning attendance every week consistently. Now, some people would argue, well, why don't, they, people don't have anything else to do. They can't go outside, so they're going to do that. I like to think, and I do think, that it's also that People are looking to create and engage community. They want to go someplace where they can relate to the people and kind of share something and be part of something, which is always and has always been one of the basic uh, foundation stones for a synagogue. Oh, without a doubt. Um, I, I would say that another reason that you're seeing an increase is that we are living through times of fear and uncertainty and People need to come together. They need their religion. They need that sense of community, um, and they want to pray. Uh, they're more inclined. So all of that is a factor, too. That's all a factor. But are you finding the need for greater connection to community during this time? Oh, very much so. But I find it insufficient to do this remotely. You, you know, my, my brothers and my in-laws and my parents have all done a weekly Zoom call. And at first it was great because we're hardly ever all together on either in person or on the phone. Some of, you know, we hadn't seen some of them all together since, you know, the last wedding. But after a few weeks of doing it, it just feels stiff and artificial and we're all impatient. It's not the same as being in the room with someone and, and hugging and holding hands. And I feel the same way about so many of the other substitutions. You know, the school work for my kids isn't the same as being in the room with a teacher. And being online and worshiping with you isn't the same as being in the room with you, for me at least. You know, when we don't have many other choices, it's fabulous that we have an option. Thank God we have some kind of, a, of an alternative. But to me, it, especially as time goes by, it feels increasingly inadequate. We are a social animal. 
And so the kind of feeling, touching, seeing, being in someone else's presence matters. And I think we are, we're challenged by that idea. David Teutsch is an interesting rabbi and was one of the leaders and has served as one of the leaders of the Reconstructionist movement. He once said, and this is, I, I'd like your reaction to this quotation, a civilization cannot be handed down in privacy. It cannot be handed down by just reading books. To thrive, culture must be lived. The setting for many important facets of Jewish civilization, eating, child rearing, and Shabbat observance, for example, is the family. But the family cannot learn and sustain even these aspects of Jewish living by itself, and much of Judaism cannot be experienced just within the family. The only plausible uh, setting for much of Jewish living is the community. Your reaction? I agree with that completely. Um, and I feel like it's the same thing with our classrooms. I feel terrible for the kids who are in college and are being um, forced for now to, to study online and not being able to take those ideas out and kick them around at night in the dorm and go meet with their professor and say they're struggling to understand something. I just feel like the learning is shallow when you don't have a chance to argue over it, to express it, to try it out and to live it. You know, we're, we're our isolation is preventing a lot of that right now. There's no question about it. But coming back to the portion, we're seeing the importance of the balance. And I think the COVID-19 pandemic has only accentuated the need need for those two aspects, the Ohel and the Mishkan, the, the home and the synagogue. And that's going to be the challenge of our time as to how to maintain this and, and during a period which may last a whole other year until we get back to normal. And how can we continue to be relevant, but really kind of feel like a community where we can just engage with people? I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and the only thing I can say, if I'm going to try to be optimistic about it, is that it's also new. We don't know how it's going to evolve. And if we're forced to make our homes, our homes and our synagogues and our schools, we are going to have to find ways to make those experiences richer, to differentiate between the two so that we can have that roundness and that balance. And I guess the, the last thing I'll say is that for me, there'll be a time in the not too distant future, God willing, where all we're going to get, where we, where we will be together. But I think we're learning that there are a whole variety of technological tools that we can use to broaden our reach, to engage with people in ways that we hadn't really thought were possible or would even be positive. And so I think we're going to be doing streaming and we're going to be doing Zoom classes and also in-person classes and give people the option so that they can connect on their terms. But the connection remains the important thing. Thanks, Jonathan. This was fun. Thanks, Rabbi.